second reading, and we'll turn to Deuteronomy chapter 4, the fifth book of Moses, chapter 4. Verse 1, hear now the inerrant, infallible, and inspired word of God. Now therefore hearken, O Israel, unto the statutes and unto the judgments which I teach you for to do them, that ye may live and go in and possess the land which the Lord God of your fathers giveth you. Ye shall not add unto the word which I command you, neither shall ye diminish aught from it, that ye may keep the commandments of the Lord your God which I command you. Your eyes have seen what the Lord did because of Baal Peor, for all the men that followed Baal Peor, the Lord thy God hath destroyed them from among you. But ye that did cleave unto the Lord your God are alive, every one of you, this day. Behold, I have taught you statutes and judgments, even as the Lord my God commanded me, that ye should do so in the land whither ye go to possess it. Keep, therefore, and do them. For this is your wisdom and your understanding in the sight of the nations, which shall hear all these statutes and say, Surely this, is a great nation, this great nation is a wise and understanding people. For what nation is there so great, who hath God so nigh unto them, as the Lord our God is, in all things that we call upon him for? And what nation is there so great that hath statutes and judgments so righteous as all this law which I set before you this day? Only take heed to thyself and keep thy soul diligently, lest thou forget the things which thine eyes have seen, and lest they depart from thine heart all the days of thy life. But teach them thy sons and thy sons' sons specially. The day that thou stoodest before the Lord thy God in Horeb, when the Lord said unto me, Gather me the people together, and I will make them hear my words, that they may learn to fear me all the days that they shall live upon the earth, and that they may teach their children. And ye came near and stood under the mountain. And the mountain burned with fire unto the midst of heaven with darkness, clouds, and thick darkness. And the Lord spake unto you out of the midst of the fire. Ye heard the voice of the words, but saw no similitude, only ye heard a voice. And he declared unto you his covenant, which he commanded you to perform even ten commandments. And he wrote them upon two tables of stone. And the Lord commanded me at that time to teach you statutes and judgments, that ye might do them in the land whither ye go over to possess it. Take ye therefore good heed unto yourselves, for ye saw no manner of similitude, on the day that the Lord spake unto you in Horeb out of the midst of the fire, lest ye corrupt yourselves and make you a graven image, the similitude of any figure, the likeness of male or female, the likeness of any beast that is on the earth, the likeness of any winged fowl that flieth in the air, the likeness of anything that creepeth on the ground, the likeness of any fish that is in the waters beneath the earth. And lest thou lift up thine eyes unto heaven when thou seest the sun and the moon and the stars, even all the host of heaven shouldest be driven to worship them and serve them, which the Lord thy God hath divided unto all nations under the whole heaven. But the Lord hath taken you and brought you forth out of the iron furnace, even out of Egypt, to be unto him a people of inheritance as ye are this day. Furthermore, the Lord was angry with me, for your sakes, and swear that I should not go over Jordan, and that I should not go in unto that good land which the Lord thy God giveth thee for an inheritance. But I must die in this land. I must not go over Jordan, but ye 
shall go over and possess that good land. Take heed unto yourselves, lest ye forget the covenant of the Lord your God, which he made with you, and make you a graven image, or the likeness of anything which the Lord thy God hath forbidden thee. For the Lord thy God is a consuming fire, even a jealous God. When thou shalt beget children, and children's children, and ye shall have remained long in the land, and shall corrupt yourselves, and make a graven image, or the likeness of anything And shall do evil in the sight of the Lord thy God to provoke him to anger. I call heaven and earth to witness against you this day that ye shall soon utterly perish from off the land whereunto ye go over Jordan to possess it. Ye shall not prolong your days upon it, but shall utterly be destroyed. And the Lord shall scatter you among the nations, and ye shall be left few in number among the heathen whither the Lord shall lead you. And there ye shall serve gods the work of men's hands, wood and stone, which neither see nor hear nor eat nor smell. But if from thence thou shalt seek the Lord thy God, thou shalt find him. If thou seek him with all thy heart and with all thy soul, when thou art in tribulation, and all these things are come upon thee, even these things, I'm sorry, even in the latter days, if thou turn to the Lord thy God and shall be obedient unto his voice, For the Lord thy God is a merciful God. He will not forsake thee, neither destroy thee, nor forget the covenant of thy fathers, which he sware unto them. For ask now of the days that are past, which were before thee, since the day that God created man upon earth, and ask from one side of heaven to the other whether there hath been any such thing as this great thing is, or hath been heard like it. Did ever people hear the voice of God speaking out of the midst of the fire as thou hast heard and live? Or hath God essayed to go and take him a nation from the midst of another nation by temptations, by signs, by wonders, and by war, and by a mighty hand, and by a stretched out arm, and by great terrors according to all that the Lord your God did for you in Egypt before your eyes? Unto thee it was showed that thou mightest know that the Lord He is God, there is none else beside him. Out of heaven he made thee to hear his voice, that he might instruct thee, and upon earth he showed thee his great fire, and thou heardest his words out of the midst of the fire. And because he loved thy fathers, therefore he chose their seed after them, and brought thee out in his sight with his mighty power out of Egypt, to drive out nations from before thee, greater and mightier than thou art, to bring thee in, to give thee... to give thee their land for an inheritance as it is this day. Know therefore this day and consider in thine heart that the Lord, he is God in heaven above and upon the earth beneath, there is none else. Thou shalt keep therefore his statutes and his commandments, which I command thee this day that it may go well with thee and with thy children after thee, and that thou mayest prolong thy days upon the earth which the Lord thy God giveth thee forever. Then Moses severed three cities on this side Jordan toward the sun rising, that the slayer might flee thither, which should kill his neighbor unawares, and hated him not in times past, and that fleeing unto one of these cities he might live, namely Bezer in the wilderness... in the wilderness in the plain country of the Reubenites, and Ramoth in Gilead of the Gadites, and Golan in Bashan of the Manassites. And this is the law which Moses set. 
before the children of Israel. These are the testimonies and the statutes and the judgments which Moses spake unto the children of Israel after they came forth out of Egypt on this side Jordan in the valley over against Beth Peor in the land of Sihon king of the Amorites who dwelt in Heshbon whom Moses and the children of Israel smote after they were come forth out of Egypt. And they possessed his land and the land of Og, the king of Bashan, two kings of the Amorites, which were on this side Jordan toward the sun rising from Aroer, which is by the bank of the river Arnon, even unto Mount Sion, uh, which is Hermon. And all the plain on this side Jordan, eastward, even unto the sea of the plain, under the springs of Pisgah. May God add his blessing to the reading and hearing of his most holy word. So chapter 4 ends discourse number 1 in the book of Deuteronomy. Uh, There are different views on how many exact discourses there are, but most are agreed that chapters 1 through 4 make up the discourse, the first discourse. The second discourse opens with the second giving of the law, publicly proclaimed in the hearing of the people of God. Okay, so this is the... This is the, the, uh, the run-up, if you will, the preparation. This first discourse is the preparation that the people of God should be readied by that to receive that law once again. All right, so what do we have in this chapter? We're a little short on time. Let's, let's do a, a, maybe a little higher of an overview. The first thing that uh, Moses reminds them of is, number one, the positive keeping of their commandments, of God's commandments, and then secondly, the sin that they have already committed in the issue of Baal Peor and how costly that sin was. So the blessings for obedience that God promises as encouragements to more obedience and the curses that God promises and executes based on disobedience and that as a dissuasive of evil and a persuasive to good. Okay, so that's what we see in the opening section here. But there is this very interesting passage beginning in verse 5, and it goes down through verse 13. And I think that every age of the church needs to focus on this to understand her duty in this world. What do we talk about? We talk about... uh, Uh, the evangelistic efforts of the church, the outreach efforts of the church, the apologetic efforts of the church. What does Moses tell us in Deuteronomy chapter 4 about the apologetic efforts of the church? He says, I've given you these statutes and judgments so that when you go into the land, you will have them. And after you run all of the Canaanites out of the land and are completely done with that task, and the, and the rest of the nations continue to, to live as your neighbors in that land that I give you, you will have my commandments for your wisdom in their sight. There is what we might call here a great apologetic use of the law of God. A great apologetic use. This will be your wisdom in the sight of those nations that live around you. They will look at you and they'll say, You see that great nation? There's not another nation upon the face of the earth like it who has these wonderful statutes and judgments. The way they live, 
Oh, that we might live like that. Gee, that doesn't sound like, uh, you know, the four spiritual laws. That doesn't sound like uh, the apologetics that passes for apologetics these days. Why is nobody looking at the church today and saying, look at those families. Look at those breadwinners. Look at, those, look at the statutes and the judgments under which those people live. Oh, that we might live like that. Why? Because we're not doing it as the visible church. There are some wonderful exceptions to that, obviously. But the church has become the laughingstock. Not a respect, not an honor, not something to be imitated. She's become a laughingstock because she's turned away from God's statutes. She's turned away from His judgments. She's turned away from what God has said is one of her major apologetic tools. And she has entered into the world's misery because of it. And the world looks across that aisle and says, what difference are you making? Why would I want to be like that? I've got all of that over here. So, beloved, this is, this is a part of our apologetic effort is living holily, godly, uprightly, ordering our families, ordering our finances, ordering our, our jobs and callings in this world, ordering our education of our children, ordering everything according to the word of God. And his statutes and judgments. And this will be our wisdom. In the sight of the nations. If we only have the courage. God grant us the courage. To turn away from vain philosophy. To turn away from the philosophies of this age. That are as dead and deadly as the age itself. These vain philosophies. One theologian said this about something else. I'm saying it about these vain philosophies. They are the death rattle in the throat of a dying people. Are they not? That's not our philosophy. That's not our worldview. That's not our Weltanschauen, as the Germans say. No, we have another paradigm by which to live. The statutes and judgments of our God, because they are good and wise and holy. And so that takes us down approximately through verse 14, leaving a few things on the table. The Lord, uh, through Moses, will tell them to remember that day in Horeb when they stood there and they opened their mouths and said, all that God has commanded we will do and be obedient. Well, these are great things for us to remember as well. I hope that when we were reading Deuteronomy chapter 4, when you heard the Lord spoke to you, that you really did personalize that. That the Lord spoke to us, because truly beloved, He has. This word is more sure, Peter will tell us in Second Peter chapter 1, than a voice booming out of heaven and a shining robed Christ. It's more sure than that. Okay, so... Verse 14 then, 
Moses goes on a, um, on a jaunt. Some would say a terror. I say it's not a terror. This is good divinity. Uh, speaking against idolatry. All kinds of idolatry. He'll start out by saying, you're going to make a graven image. That image that you'll make, it'll be an image of God. You'll think it's an image of God, or you'll use it to worship God, like they did at the base of Sinai in chapter 32 of Exodus. But then from there, you'll graduate. You won't stop there. Once you make one image, you'll make a thousand. And then you'll stop making images, and you'll turn your eyes toward the heaven. Remember, this is the beginning of this people as a nation, and at their demise, do you, do you remember their demise under Nebuchadnezzar? And the vision in Ezekiel chapter 8, the 25 elders of the people are gathered on the porch of the Lord's house, and what are they doing? They've turned their back to the Lord, and they're worshiping the sun. Exactly what Moses predicted. Once you start with one image, you'll make a thousand, and then you'll stop uh, worshiping images or making images and you'll worship the sun and the moon and the stars and all other kinds of silly things. Remember when we rub on our rabbit's foot. Remember when we look at the zodiac. What are we doing? Images, idols, Sun, moon, stars, motions of the planets. These are idols to be avoided. And if the people of God take them up, they'll be scraped off the land just like the people before them were. That's what the Lord says. Oh, but we're much more sophisticated than that. We've got all kinds of sophistry by which we can bring images into the church and not worship, really, let us not be wiser than God. Pull down the images. Take them away. And why? Why do we do that? That we might know and be assured that God is the only true God. And when he had an opportunity, he refused to show them his face. You saw no manner of similitude. I didn't want you making pictures of me. So don't do it. Don't make those images. Don't make those pictures. Don't worship by them. And certainly don't worship those figures that are in there. This is one of the great tenets of the Reformation. Uh, remember Calvin's the, the necessity of reforming the church. Job 1, Calvin says in this Reformation, is the pulling down of idolatry. The purifying of the worship of God. Now we have reformed churches that need to be pulled down again. All right, so we move on from there. And we, we, um, we have the great benefits that, that God has given to the people. And Moses will remind them of this, that they are a truly blessed and gifted people. And how will he say that? He will say, first of all, did God ever do this with any other people besides you? Has he ever spoken out of heaven to a people beside you? No. Has God ever gone to take one nation out of another that was in captivity by signs and wonders and, and plagues and war? No, he hasn't. Has God ever promised a land to a people 
No, he hasn't. Has God ever, uh, has has he said about anybody else's fathers upon the face of the earth, I love them, and because I love them, I will protect and keep you and love you too. Has he ever said that? No, he hasn't. Has he given you that land? Yes, and Moses will finish that off with the piece de resistance, and he will say, not even I'm going into that land. You are. Remember your blessings, people of God. Remember the great benefits. Don't turn your eyes away from the benefits that God has given in Christ. Out of heaven he made thee to hear his voice that he might instruct thee. And upon earth he showed thee his great fire. And thou hardenest or heardest his words out of the midst of the fire. And because he loved thy fathers and so on. Beloved, when was the last time you thanked the Lord for his great word? Yeah. Day by day. All right, so then finally we have a little housekeeping at the end of this discourse. Moses severed those three cities um, on the east side of Jordan toward the sun rising for the, for the uh, cities of refuge. We'll remember that one of those cities is very famous, right? Ramoth and Gilead, that is the place where Ahab went up and was killed. You remember that? Who will entice Ahab that he may go up to Ramoth Gilead and die? Of course, what happened to those cities, especially in the north, is while they had such a great beginning, they ended up being hotbeds of superstition and idolatry. Uh, Idols were moved there, altars were moved there, and so on. And finally, then we read, This is the law which Moses set before the children of Israel. And the rest then of, 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 um, of the chapter speaks about the law that they're about to hear proclaimed in their ears and the goodness that God has shown them on the east side of Jordan as they ready themselves to continue rejoicing in that goodness on the west side. And that's how the chapter ends. Let's stand and continue praising God.